0: Coming up on today's episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour, there is a lot of advice out there. Everyone has an opinion, especially when it comes to raising kids and running the home. A simple internet search will reveal thousands of articles about how to be a good parent. But what do you do when it's not right? Often, one blogger's advice will conflict with another blogger's advice. How can you tell what advice is legit and what is just fluff? Today, we're going to talk about why you should try to cut through any unnecessary fluff. We'll share four easy tests to help determine whether the advice you're being given will be of value or whether it's just nonsense. Plus, we'll apply these four easy tests to some actual advice from books. All this and more, but first, the joke of the day.
1: A man finds a bottle on the ground and wipes it off when suddenly a genie appears in a puff of smoke. The genie says, because you freed me from my prison, I can offer you a gift. You can be the most handsome man in the world, have infinite wealth or limitless wisdom. The man thinks for a second and says, "Hmm, I'll take the wisdom. Wisdom is yours, says the genie as he disappears in another puff. The smoke is barely clear before the man thinks, I should have taken the money. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. We're your hosts, Hannah M. Fontaine-Judd, and we're the proud parents of eight sons and seven daughters, ranging in age from newborn to college student. We're both BYU graduates and the creators of Money Pants. Head on over to CaptainMoneyPants.com to learn more about what we do and what we're all about. We believe every person on this planet has been given at least one superpower to help them accomplish their unique mission in life. But the only way to unlock those superpowers is through work ethic. That's when greatness happens. And that's where Money Pants comes in. Money Pants is the complete tool set for cultivating work ethic in all aspects of a person's life. In today's topic, we're going to be talking about practical help for parents when it comes to running the home and raising kids and all that versus uh, fluffy advice where there's a lot of, boy, there's a lot of advice out there uh, that it just is simply not helpful, not true. And kind of annoying, quite frankly. And so we wanna and we, we kinda of wanna wrap it up, the end this thing, with uh, the idea of how to detect the nonsense. Like we're gonna give some tools, four tools or four ideas on ways to detect nonsense, so that you don't have to go through and make the mistake before realizing, oh yeah, what they told me was wrong. And it kind of reminded me of my my high school teacher. Uh, I had a great oh, he was so good. My my high school physics teacher, Mr. Keith was He was really good at explaining complicated principles, but making them simple and and helping you remember them and helping you apply them in a practical way God he was just so good, but he had a he had a funny thing He would bring up other people's ideas that were wrong and and to to try to 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 test us to see if we could detect you know what was right and what was wrong and he had this little device that he had created and he called it his b s detector and he would present some incorrect principle or idea in the physics world and (laughs) some, some sort of nonsense that someone had heard or someone had brought up and he'd be like, "Uh Oh, the BS detector's going. And the the little wires would spin and (laughs) and it was, it was great because he kind of made light of it. But the idea I thought was great was wouldn't it be wonderful if there was such a thing as a BS detector that could pinpoint, Oh, no, that's just not true. Or that's a bunch of hooey or that's hogwash where, It would just be so, not just in the physics world, but in life in general. And by the way, total sidebar, but uh, BS, the letters BS stand for bologna sandwich. You know, when somebody's full of bologna, that's what it means, is that they're they're full of a bologna sandwich. That's just a bunch of bologna. And so to have a BS detector sure would be convenient. And I guess we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit today later on. But before we get into that, Hannah, you had... You had a couple of experiences where you were presented with, I guess, BS, and <laughs> and it was kind of frustrating. Where, well, I I'll get, the first yeah. one was with the uh, scout leader, right?
0: Yeah. Um, one time, I. I- I was, I had my oldest son was 12 or 13, and I wanted him to get his Eagle Scout, and I wanted to try to be supportive to him. And so I showed up to this introductory meeting for parents, and the person in charge is a very friendly guy, and he loved to talk but he had a a knack about when he he would explain things and processes where he would make it sound way more complicated than what it was. And so I was sitting there and I was ready to go and I had my pencil out and ready to write down what I needed to do. And you know, 20 minutes into it, 30 minutes into it, I just put my pencil down. I was so overwhelmed where he was just like, and, and then you got to do this and this, but only on Wednesdays and here and then go there. But don't forget to do this and that and that. And it was just like all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, I can't do this. I don't have time for to do this. I, I, I'm so confused. And and so instead of it encouraging me to go, hey, I can do this and I'm going to get right to work, instead I went home and did nothing. And cried. And was like, I don't know if I want to do scouts. <laughs> I don't want to. It was too complicated. It was, it was too overwhelming. Complicated. And complicated. I had yeah. no idea what I just listened to for the last two hours. And I, or I know. How to apply it, how to do it. And so, so, for a lot of times when I will pick up books on on advice for parents and how to do things uh, sometimes I'll pick up a book and it's like so practical and like wow these are great ideas I can do that
1: well no and I thought I thought the Duggars had some really good stuff yeah in their book.
0: yeah yeah it, but those are kind of few it?
1: those are few and far That's between a fantastic
0: Hannah. idea and you know and it's something where I'm like oh I can do that and it, and it's encouraging and then you feel like Encouraged. Whereas other times, you read a book and you're like, "Wow, I'm a bad parent." And sometimes, when I I read other people's advice, not only does it make me feel bad about myself and inadequate, but I start going, I, "I'm not doing that, and I can't do that." Like, and it it actually discourages me mm. instead of helping me. But then, on top of that, sometimes advice people give it's 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 very questionable.
1: So. So this scout leader unfortunately just because he overcomplicated the the situation and the instructions and what you needed to do you not only did it not inspire you but it actually kind of took the wind out of your sails and and took away all the motivation to actually do what you had set out to do and so that was that was no bueno and that was and unfortunately Hannah a lot of what he told you cuz I know who you're talking about a lot of what he told you was unnecessary and it was just extra busy work. And he had made it, not only did he make it seem more complicated, he actually made it more complicated. And I think everybody knows somebody like that. People that like to make things more complicated than they need to be. I don't know what the motivation is there, why they do it. But I, I know I can think of multiple people in my life that throughout the years where I'm like, why, why are you making it so complicated? Just simplify, make it easy. So, but then I guess that leads into the second story because we have these three stories. We got yeah. the first one's about the scout leader. The next one's about a good friend of ours who was attending a class, a training. And then the third one is about a, a bathroom <laughs> so,
0: poster. A bathroom poster. So go, so, go ahead about that. So the next, yeah, the next story is a good friend of mine got all riled up because she was a, a teacher at church. And the teachers were all invited to this training meeting. On, on a weekend. And the man teaching the class had a, a PhD and all these degrees and stuff. And And he was this young guy, uh, not married, didn't have kids. And he, his whole speech to them was, you should never, ever, ever, ever tell a child no.
1: What?
0: Yeah, ever. and Oh wait. wait, wait. Um,
1: that was his thing. Yeah,
0: Is, yeah. Is that... Ne- never... That, n-
1: under any circumstances, you're never supposed to tell a child no.
0: Yeah, that the, they were bad teachers if they were ever t- telling a child no, and that it was going to destroy their the child's self esteem. And because they told the child no, the child would think that they were bad, and then therefore the child would become bad because the teacher told them no. What? what? Yeah, and you're laughing, but for some reason, Sorry, I, I just, I I just found stepped out in a
1: giant. B.S. sandwich.
0: Yeah, uh, that that little <laughs> detector is going off. And so my friend's detector was going off, and she raised her hand, and she goes, you mean usually you should avoid telling them no, but surely there are some instances you should tell a child no, right? Yeah, yes. And he goes, no, there is never a time when it's appropriate to tell a child no. And she goes, well, wait a minute. I, what about if, you know, I have these kids? What if one kid is hitting or smacking another kid? I have to stop that. I have to tell them, no, I can't just like go, oh. Yeah, you have a lawsuit I, on your yeah, hands. Yeah, the parents are going to be upset. That's How's that fair to the kid that's getting hit and, 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 and mm-hmm. hurt by the other kid? I, I need to tell them that that's not appropriate behavior and to stop. He's like, no, you should not do that. And which was funny because he was telling her no, but but uh, that <laughs> oh, aside, <the> <laughs> that aside, apparently adults and children are different. You can tell adults no, but not not the children. Anyway, and he goes no, you don't tell him that what he's doing is wrong. Instead, you bring him up to the front of the class, and you start complimenting him. And tell him what a wonderful person he is and everything good and have everyone in the class compliment him. And then he will stop doing what he's doing. My friend said, well, what if he doesn't? Well, then you didn't do it enough. <laughs> and she was getting so irritated. Because and it's a she bunch was, of bologna sandwich. Yeah, but, 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 but guess what? This is an actual thing. And so I was talking. Talking to another friend of mine. Oh, I wish I had
1: been there. There's no way I would have put up with that. (laughs) You would (laughs) have... Sorry, man. You're full of baloney. This is no. Are you? Are you? Jo- and, and then, of course, that begs the question. Okay, so if you're never supposed to tell a child no, but you can tell adults no, when is a child an adult? Like when yeah, they turn eighteen? Like all of a
0: sudden you're eighteen then, and they hear the word no for the first time. It, it's just. It's hilarious. What, what
1: a what a but, absurd concept.
0: But anyway, that, that is
1: Hannah. That is so absurd to me. Like if the kid's going, "Hey, mom, dad, I want to go and drink this alcohol." Well, I can't tell you no. Oh, okay, so I'm going to have a drunk five-year-old or, or or worse, you know, mom and dad, I'm going to drink this bleach. Well, I can't tell you no. I love
0: you and your hair looks so cute today and like, okay. you're so kind. And we haven't, and, well, we haven't we're done We're kind a, of beating around the bush. No, you shouldn't drink that bleach. We, we <laughs> It'll kill you.
1: And we haven't talked about manipulation, but that is that is textbook manipulation to being being indirect in what you want instead of telling the kid, I don't want you to hit Johnny and Johnny doesn't want you to hit him either. You need to stop. I want you to stop. Johnny wants you to stop. Please stop. No, you can't do that. Instead of saying that, you're like, oh, we love you. Let's give you a hug. Like that is textbook manipulation, being indirect and trying to manipulate someone into doing something you want without actually saying, What it is that you want.
0: Well, Ah! in in our previous podcast, we... uh, That guy
1: drives me crazy. I know,
0: about training yourself to train your children. We kind of uh, address that where Brandon McMillan, where Mm -hmm. he was teaching dog training, you give them a quick no, and then you redirect them to what they should be doing. I love the
1: redirect principle. And that's correct. Yeah.
0: when Whenever you give your kid a reprimand, instead of dwelling on the no then you focus their attention onto what to do instead of what not to do. Yeah. And that's that's correct. But that's a correct. You know, okay,
1: so we do that that's with, a the, correct with the principle. toddlers, we do that all the time because toddlers get no a lot, Hannah. They get told mm-hmm. no a ton because they they don't know what's right and wrong and so all they get is no. No, don't do this, don't touch that, don't don't throw that, don't put that there. Instead, we should be like, "Okay, don't leave your bowl on the floor. Go ahead and put, put it up it here on the here. counter."
0: Put it here, put the bowl and here. And they, they actually like do that this. knowing what
1: to do. Go
0: play in the backyard. Oh,
1: God. <laughs> that, that PhD guy.
0: Yeah. Mm, so, so, it, so. Ruffles
1: my feathers. <laughs> yeah.
0: But anyway, people have taken that idea. Apparently, it's this real theory. And a friend of mine said her daughter was teaching in public, in, in a not public, private school. And they were being instructed that at this school, you're not allowed telling a child that they're wrong. And so when they grade the papers, they're not allowed marking that any of their work is wrong. What? Yeah.
1: So two plus two does not equal five. Oh, I can't say that.
0: They can show them how to do things, but they're not allowed saying, oh, you missed that problem. What? And so, oh, I'm, because and, it'll I'm, hurt
1: their feelings. Because and, and, it'll
0: destroy their self esteem and
1: turn them into serial killers, right? So that's that's so, the logic.
0: So instead, they're going to give the kids this false sense oh of yeah, gosh. I I know how to do this. I know how to do math, and I I'm
1: gonna give them all sorts of false ideas, Hannah. Not just false sense yeah, of math. Yeah, like, like
0: I think I would be I, to me that's the equivalent of me having a dinner all night and having spinach between my teeth, and nobody in my family telling me, "Hey, there's some spinach between your teeth. Pull it out." I would be embarrassed and like, why didn't anybody tell me that I had spinach hanging well, out of my teeth? Well, no, like, but let's just
1: take it a step. Just,
0: can you, it's, not, it's not, you know, do it discreetly. Don't try to embarrass me, but for goodness sake, just, just tell me that something's wrong.
1: But there are real world consequences, Hannah. Like, oh, well, I drove my car off the cliff, but I didn't know that gravity existed. And I don't think that gravity does exist. Therefore... The car actually won't. I won't fall to my death. Like because nobody ever explained that to me, and nobody ever told me that was wrong. Like that it's just kind of nonsense. Where two (laughs) plus two does not equal five.
0: That That is
1: that actually is wrong. Driving your car over the railing, you will. Gravity will not just go. Oh well, you know you didn't know or you didn't understand or or it's okay. No, no, gravity. There are all sorts of real world applications. Uh, uh, happen.
0: Anyway, the, the idea is that you can build a child's self-esteem by never telling them no, but there's no consideration as to, to what the other ramifications of that oh, are. Oh, no, no. That, so that, that, was the that, whole, that was
1: the whole concept is that if you tell them no, you're going to be damaging their self-esteem. We talked about that. That is not true at all. Zero percent true. Kids do not gain self-esteem because of what they're told. You get self-esteem and self-worth by making correct decisions. Remember, we talked about that by where doing it, what you by, know
0: is right.
1: It has nothing to do with external forces. This is just absolute nonsense and gobbledygook.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so so the, so that was that experience of my friend, and she was she was pretty riled up about it. But it's um, <laughs> this is a real thing, and these are real types of theories that you'll theories. have theories. maybe shoved. Yeah. On to you where, you know, you're like, oh, really? Well, oh, no, not?
1: we're going we're to co- cover some here in a minute. <laughs> so,
0: um, But the next story was about a poster in a bathroom. It was uh, somebody's house that I went to a lot, and I would use this guest bathroom. And inside the bathroom, there was this poster. And on this poster, it was very decorative. It had all sorts of, of positive sayings. And I, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like reading the poster and everything that it said and, and all these little bits of advice and feel good statements. And and then I kind of got to halfway through and there was a statement that, that the advice was when somebody gives you a hug, never be the first one to let go. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay all right, so I need to make sure when I give people a hug, I, I let them let go first. And then the next time I hugged the person who owned that house <laughs> and owned that poster, I realized that person wasn't going to let go. And if I followed the same advice, we were going to just stay there <laughs> hugging indefinitely. So I, I, I volunteered. The definite hug. So I volunteered to end the hug and be the, you know, loser, I guess, (laughs) but, but, but anyway, I, I, when I realized that maybe that wasn't the best piece of advice, like that doesn't actually work if both people read the poster, I thought, wait, how many of these other nice little sayings, if you actually go and apply them, don't actually work or aren't actually good pieces of advice, and so and all nice, of a sudden, nice I, I started paying attention more to little truisms and little pieces of advice and realizing that a lot of times you'll read books that are self-help books or or no, advice, um, advice books it's of everywhere. how to run your life. Oh, it's everywhere. And you have to look at it with a little bit of a critical thinking skills. You can't just go, wow, other people, this is what I should do. You need to analyze it. No, no, it. it
1: may even sound right. like it. It, uh, at the get go, you're like, "Oh, yeah, I like that. That sounds good." Or when you
0: hug a person, never well, no, well, be didn't the you call that um, um, <laughs> ear-,
1: ear ticklers, where you hear something that sounds good or sounds nice? You're like,
0: "Oh, yeah, I like it, that." Yeah, but uh, but are the truisms actually true? Yeah, and that's sayings, the, maybe. yeah. Are, are these the, little sayings actually? true? Actually, true, and that's the thing that you have to analyze before you you adopt it. And sometimes you'll hear stuff like that, you'll adopt it without even questioning it, without even well, because going,
1: no, because you get inundated and you don't have time to think all these things through. Especially when you're when you're a new parent and you don't have the experience of raising children, and you hear you get inundated with all this information. You know, you got, you got blogs and groups and and young moms and and your your aunts and your uncles and grandmas like all these. And people at church or at your social group, everyone's got advice. When you have kids, everybody knows how you should raise your children. And you just, you do, you get inundated and you're like, you don't have time or the energy or even the, the, the way to determine. To like,
0: filter through how, all of it. And yeah. a lot
1: of it does. It lodges in the back of your brain. And until you bring it out and examine it, it's part of your it's part of your psyche. And it's part of your... Style, and you have to figure out. So today's goal is to kind of go. Let's take some of those ideas and expose them for what they are, but also get some tools on how to avoid falling into the trap of the little nicest say, niceties and sayings that really are of no value, and and how to detect the nonsense. So, and here we go. The four principles, Hannah. Four principles. Here they are. Number one. First off, look at the person who's giving the advice and figure out if they're even qualified to be giving it. That's number one. Number two, this one's going to sound funny, but it'll make sense when we talk about it. Number two is take things to the extreme. Take that advice to an extreme and see if it holds up. Number three, question, is the advice or the saying or whatever it is, or the teaching, is it doable with more than just one or two children? Does it apply to multiple uh, personality types and, and, and age ranges and, and what have you. And then number four is the question you need to ask is can you apply it at all in a practical setting? If it's not, basically, if it's not practical, then
0: what value is does it? Does it have
1: any value? So let's talk about those. Number one, look at the. So to detect whether or not something is nonsense, the first thing to do is to look at the person who's giving the advice. And determine if they're even qualified. And I, I like to think of this as checking the messenger. See if the messenger is, if if the the message and the messenger are valid.
0: Yeah, and I uh, I noticed this once. I had I had been given uh, I, I had checked out some books or got some books. Uh, I was expecting twins, and I a little had, overwhelming. I yeah, I wanted to to get more information, and so I, I started reading this one book. And as I was reading it, I finally I'm like, wait a minute, who is this person writing this book? And I realized that they had the person writing the book was writing the book because they had a child.
1: And wait, they wrote a book about twins because they, they had, had a kid. They
0: had a set of twins. Oh, they had a set of twins. And but the book was all about how to be a parent and how to raise your children, and all this, all this advice. And I'm like, well, sounds like they're qualified. They wrote this book when their twins were like one year old. Oh, and the person was the person was a doctor. Uh, But then I realized this mom was a doctor and she worked full time, so she wasn't actually even the one taking care of her twins. She wasn't the one home with her twins, actually taking care of them, and she was off. At, she was at work, but she was telling me what I should be doing to take care of. And and nor had she actually like raised her children or gone through problems yet, because if you've been a parent, you you'll know that you're going to run into problems. Your kids are going to have health problems. You're going to have. Uh, maybe social problems uh, things are going to happen that are out of your control and you you have to go through some of those experiences in order to uh, sometimes shed the nonsense a little well that's
1: that's why grandparents are supposed to be this this wealth of knowledge you're supposed to be able to go to grandma and grandpa and say Hey, my daughter's not sleeping through the night or hey, my teenager's having this problem <laughs> or, or hey, my 12-year-old, he always he's got the worst breath or you know, you can go to grandma and grandpa and get their feedback and go, "Oh, well, I know." You
0: know, that. that's usually the best source, honestly. Yeah. Like if I go because, to my, because my they mom, have, I'm like uh, it because they have so me, much yeah.
1: knowledge they've gone through it and they have all this experience, but mm-hmm. like but along those same lines, Hannah, where we've noticed that a lot of these blogs especially the ones that cater towards parents are written by parents of toddlers where what could they possibly know like you have not raised children you gave birth to children you have children but that is not the same as raising children a
0: lot happens between
1: between the ages of 0 between the <laughs> ages of 1 and 18 and i would venture to i would just put this out there that a whole lot happens between the ages of about 8 and 18 And even more happens between the ages of about 12 and 18. Like it gets exponentially more complicated the older the kids get and the closer they get to leaving home. And here you are with your one year of knowledge spouting all this nonsense where you're like, you don't know anything.
0: Well, and (laughs) a lot of it, like I said, in these blogs, they'll promote theories like you should never tell your child no. Mm. And you're like... You haven't been a parent long enough to know how that's going to work out.
1: Yeah, you haven't seen that to the end. You haven't seen the logical extension of that thought process. And I can tell you right now, you don't have to because it doesn't or, work. Or, I know yeah, because but, we've already tried that. But, it doesn't work.
0: But Or you have one kid or somebody else is raising your kid and they are telling your kid no. Like <sighs> I, There were just so many problems with that, but... But similar to the man who was um, teaching the class that I mentioned, saying, you know... The PhD
1: guy? The PhD guy. Or the two PhD he guy? He had
0: this theory that he was spouting out as fact, but my, to my friend's point, he didn't even have kids. Like what? He'd never tried this out to see how, how it would work and how, you know, what the results were. So, so a lot, a lot of
1: book learning but no practical experience. Uh, no,
0: actually, yeah. And it, no,
1: what was it called in the lab? No uh, scientific proof from the lab. What, what's that called? Yeah. Where we actually carry out the experiment. Like
0: They're just ideas and theories. But that- they're
1: promoting them, Hannah, as if this is the gospel truth. Like, oh, because I have a PhD, therefore you must listen to me because I'm Right. Not because I have any experience, or that I've actually I've done this in the in the the crucible of the home, or seen
0: what happens long term to somebody if you never tell them no. And I like, think
1: that is incredibly irresponsible of these people to be to be filling these parents and these teachers' heads with this nonsense without any sort of uh, practical application of the very principles they're espousing. Yeah. So but
0: so,, uh, but it it reminds me of recently, my daughter in high school came to me and she said, "Mom, there's this guy on YouTube and and he teaches this class on developing confidence, and it, it, it's a, it's six hundred dollars for his course, but I really think we should get it. I really think no, no, she wanted she, to get And it. she wanted to get it, and she was about to spend six hundred dollars on this guy's course on developing confidence. And she wanted me to help her out. And my husband and I listened to, you know, a, a blurb of his uh, uh, for a minute or two. And we looked at each other and went
1: to "Well, okay." Dear. To, 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 to be fair, I had actually looked at this guy a couple, maybe a year prior, six months prior. I was actually familiar with who she was talking about. And I knew this guy was not legit. So, but I, I did. I went with you, Hannah. We we we, I, we did watch some of his stuff there with my daughter. And, and, and
0: we just said, sweetheart.
1: Just to placate to he, show. Yes, I know looks, who you're talking he about. He looks
0: like he's 20 years old. And he's claiming that he's going to help you with your whole future and your whole life and your business and everything like this. Nothing by, against 20 year old all these tricks. I said, I think it would be better to check out a book by Warren Buffett or or somebody who actually has
1: actually lived
0: has has a more experience under their belt who's gone through more difficulties and more challenges. No
1: offense. this guy has been away from his own home for what? a year and a half. Like yeah. what? what could he possibly? No.
0: Yeah, and and I don't I don't want to go that way really, but uh, but the point being, um, well, no, you have
1: to check the messenger. You
0: have to check the messenger and see if they're actually qualified in any sort of way with experience, because it, there's no substitute for experience. Yeah,
1: that also reminded me of a a professional that I knew, <laughs> a chiropractor, who had you went to his office and his office was lined with all these books it was all the same book it was his book that he had written (laughs) and it was and i'm waiting in there in the in the waiting room of course you can't help but open the book and read it and it was just filled with like you were saying hannah that that thing in the bathroom it was filled with those types of things little sayings they weren't even they were they weren't true though they were just these like your ticklers where you're like, oh, that's nice. Or, oh, that makes me feel good or whatever. And it was the entire book was filled with those. And I'm like, okay, this guy is a chiropractor. He's just started his practice, not married, no kids, has never had anything. uh, Everything in his life has gone perfectly up to that point. What could he possibly know about life? No offense, nice guy, but... Like he didn't have any sort of real life experience. And here he was telling me how to live my life. And I just, I couldn't help but laugh. The title of the book was humorous as well, but
0: we can't, he, we're not going to <laughs> share that.
1: Anyway, so that's number one. Look at the, of the four principles when it comes to determining if something is BS. The first principle is to look at the person who's giving the advice to determine if they're even qualified. And we would put,
0: if they've even tried their own advice, right? And end, we, end. we suggest
1: that experience trumps a PhD or a theory any day. So that's number one. Number two, t- and this is the funny one, we suggest that you take the advice to the extreme. And what do we mean by that? Okay, so if somebody, and I remember this, this goes back to my physics teacher actually, who said, hey, uh, one time uh, someone told me that it takes one degree of, of heat to to heat any amount of water, one degree. And it was something like that, some physics equation. And he's like, okay, well, let's take that and see if that's true. It only takes, uh, it was like one degree of heat for one minute to to heat one millimeter of water. He's like, okay, let's just take that to the logical extreme. Let's say if we had the ocean, it's only one millimeter thick, but if we added, you know, you put the whole ocean uh, underneath this little flame for one minute, is it gonna, is it gonna boil? Is it gonna heat up? He's like, no, no way. There's no possible way that could. He took the the person's. He had taken this person's statement to a logical extreme, and it totally fell apart. And I've taken that with me throughout my life. And I'm like, oh, that's a good principle. Where if somebody suggests something, and as we were just talking about, where you never tell your child no. Oh well, it, just it, take
0: if, it to a more extreme. At face value,
1: you're like, oh, okay, I see the value. I, I, that makes sense, but. Let's take it to the logical extreme. Like you said, Hannah, oh, well, the kid's about to jump off the cliff or to jump in the pool and they don't know how to swim or, or whatever. Or they're to
0: run in the street or they're going to test out drugs. Yeah, or you take it to air. a
1: logical extreme. You're like, that makes no sense. What? No, that that is total hogwash. And so it clear, quickly becomes very clear that the advice or the saying is BS.
0: Yeah, as opposed to it being a true principle that you right. should apply in your life and throughout your life, and it, so you can you can discard it and go. You know what? No, this there, this is not a, a correct principle.
1: And but if it does hold up under those sort of circumstances, of here, here's an example: always love your children. You're like, oh, well, okay, yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, well, what if they're a, what if they're a murderer and they're convicted and they're in prison? Yeah, you should still love them. So there you go. It, 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 you can take that to a logical extreme. If it holds up, then it's a true principle. See how that works? It, it's kind of cool. Taking things to a logical, taking the saying to a logical extreme. That's number two. The f- number three principle when it comes to detecting nonsense is to ask, is whatever, whatever the saying or the advice is, is it doable with more than one or two children? Because and we hear this a lot. Oh, when you have such and such a problem, all you do is blah blah blah. You're like, oh, what? oh, that's great. Okay, good, thanks. It turns out that they only had two children, and they were both boys, and they're about the same age. It's like, and they had roughly the same personality. It's like, oh, okay, so that worked for those two boys. Therefore, it's universal. No, lady, we tried that principle and that it's true. It worked for our first three children or within, kids
0: in that age group or uh-huh. it, you know, it's or,
1: or for kids of that gender. Like, oh, that that, that does, that applies to boys, but it turns out it doesn't work at all for girls. Or it only works for boys ages eight to 12, or it only works for boys from rich families, or it only works for whatever it is, where it's like, uh, yeah, that that only that that wouldn't be a true principle because you can't apply it universally. And so if it doesn't apply to more than your one or two children, mm, probably need to discard it. It may be a neat trick or a, a tip for one of those children, but it's not a, it's not a correct principle.
0: Or, or it may be an overcomplication. Mm. Um, so back to the, the scout leader where he was adding in a whole bunch of extra steps and unnecessary things. It may be that it's just something that's not really necessary. And it's just overcomplicating your life yeah. if you try to apply it. It may not be harmful. It may not be wrong, but it may be something that's just not necessary. Now,
1: what are we here at Money Pants we're all about. Oh, what is it? Oh, that's right, efficiency and making the most of what limited time and resources you have. We don't have time for nonsense. We don't. We just don't have time, Hannah. For, for to, we don't have time. And when I say we, I mean parents in general. We don't have time. To be doing things that are not effective. And a lot of this stuff comes from people who don't have kids or who only have little kids or have only raised one kid where they they don't have the the breadth the breadth of knowledge and understanding of they're overcomplicating it. And and, and like you said Hannah if if what you're doing makes you think you could never have more than one child <laughs> then what you're doing is not practical. And an easier way probably exists, and yeah. that's what money pants is so, all about: is is making the most, uh, leveraging the limited time and energy that you have to uh, be the most effective. Focusing on the most yeah. important
0: things, and, and kind of leaving any fluff to the pl- fluff to the sides, or at least recognizing that it's not necessary. So you're not putting all this, all these requirements on yourself and stressing yourself out. Un- needlessly.
1: Well, no, because cause we knew a, a mother who had bought into some nonsense. And one of the things that she had bought in, she had actually, no offense, but she had a lot of nonsense, but she only had two children and she was dumbfounded that we could have more than two. I think we had four at the time. And she was just dumbfounded that we could be so foolish because there's no way that we could possibly be, be good parents. Be good parents if we had more than two children, and this was and this was why, is she believed? She truly believed that it was her job to be there for her children every waking moment, or any time during the night. Like her kids, she she promised her children that she would always be there for them. And she, she, so, and so she would wake up at all, all through the night.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. I, I what? Because I asked her, I said, "Well, she's like, I would never have more than two children. I, I, can't do it, and I don't see how you can do that." Meaning, I doubt you're a good parent mm-hmm. because you have more. That was the implication, And, and sure. so I was like, "Okay, well, why? Like, what's, what's, why, why is that? Why couldn't you have more than two children?" And she said, "Well, it's because." Uh, I haven't slept in 8 years for more than 1 hour at a time and I said what Wh- what's going on like and she goes well any time my children cry I get up out, out of bed at night and I I wake up and I I get out of bed and I I comfort them and I talk with them for an hour and I let them know I am here I am here and I'm never going to leave you and I'm here and, and I will talk to them for as long as necessary and as many times as they wake up in the night, I will be there and I will let them know I'm there. And she's like, I haven't slept for more than one hour straight for the last eight years. But this is vital. It is vital that my kids have that, that security and that confidence that their mom will always, always, always be there for them. But here's the thing. And now. I, well, <laughs> and I smiled at her and I said, oh, so when your kids, you're saying when your kids cry at night, you never say things like, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> 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 and I was joking, but uh, but she got this horrified look on her face, and it was the end of the conversation. And I don't think she ever talked to me again after that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. But here's the problem with that, Hannah. That it kind of sounds good like, oh, yeah, always be there for your children. You kind of you're like, I get it. That, yeah. that, that's kind of the underlying principle, but she had taken it to a, a strange extreme. But what does that teach your children? Well, like the, here's the problem, Hannah, is that a, they never learn to self-soothe. They never learn to solve their own problems, and they become very reliant on mom emotionally. Like, what's going to happen when they have a relationship of their own? Like, like <laughs> they're going to be in the, they're going to be in their wedding day, and then there's mom in the back seat. Okay, well, you do, do you need a hug? Let's talk it out. And it's like, <laughs> you know, what, how's that going to work out? Like, mom's always going to she can't always be there. Or the flip side, what if mom dies? Then what? That poor kid's devastated. Where, where are they going to go? How are they going to su- possibly survive? If or if what if mom gets sick or like
0: yeah? Just, what if mom can't be there for them? Because the the truth of the matter is she's not always going to be there for them. And, and can't?
1: It's not possible. And she
0: can't. And she needs to instead be saying, "Hey, I'm not going to always be there for you. Here's what you need to do."
1: yeah teach them correct so you principles can handle this coping, on your own coping mechanisms, oh Jeff.
0: yeah yeah, and so I realized after talking to her, I'm like, huh, I have the exact opposite thing. I'm always trying to help my kids become independent of me right and be able to do things on their own and and, and let them know, hey, I'm not always going to be here, so you need to you need to know how to do this yourself. And right, we but she, were she we was had, setting up
1: false expectations. Yeah, we for her had her the children. complete
0: opposite approaches, and but the thing is, is her thing sounded nice and it sounded responsible, but it was actually not true. And right. in the long run, that's not helpful. Right. And it it's going to result in unintended consequences. Right.
1: So that's that's a good way to test whether or not something is viable is. Is it doable with more than one or two children? And again, with smaller and smaller families, a lot of this advice is directed to people who have one or two children. And you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I, I buy that. But unfortunately, it's not a correct principle.
0: Yeah. and uh, But in my own life, I've had to apply this uh, as far as when I had a, um, th- my third child was born, which I no longer had just two children. My husband and I were outnumbered. I remember just kind of having a breakdown and going, "I can't do this. I can't do this. This is too hard." Mm -hmm. And and I realized what I was saying was too hard is I wasn't able to clean the whole house by myself,
1: and cook the meal, and cook
0: the meal, and and do do all the stuff, and and help with the homework. It was too much. And and then I realized that this expectation that I put on myself that I should be able to do that. And that was what my job was was actually wrong. It was false. It
1: was a and false expectation. That
0: everybody in the family needed to learn to help out and do their part. But
1: not only did they need to, it would be healthy and helpful for them too.
0: Yes, and and so so that was like a turning point for myself, where where realizing that things that I believed in or thought that it was my responsibility or my duty as the mother when. I... When I was faced with having three children instead of two, I had to find find why I was so overwhelmed, and and what the thing was that I had adopted that wasn't true. Yep. And that was and that you was pulled it. that out of
1: the back of your brain, and you applied one of these you know yes. little tricks of.
0: Oh, I, 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 I I applied a true principle, and and so what happened after that is once. Once you realize that, oh, wait, my job as a mom is not to do all these things, all of a sudden, oh, I could have four children, five children, 15 children. It doesn't matter how many children I have. I can handle it because I'm not putting this weird expectation on myself yeah that that I should be the one to clean the whole house by myself and I should and be the cook one the meals to meals do and do run the everything. home and
1: do the shopping and yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And so so even if you're not planning on having a huge family, realizing that if if you're adopting ideas that don't apply to bigger families, you're probably putting too much onto yourself. And it's actually not good for your children As or well, yeah. and your family. So
1: So that's number three check, the principle number three is check to see if whatever the saying is, is doable with more than one or two children. And then the last one, number four is, can you, you need to ask yourself, can you apply this idea at, in a practical setting where if you can't, then it's just going to be a waste of time. Did you have an example?
0: I picked up a book of, of uh, it's a parenting book. Somehow ended up in my house. Somebody gave it to me. And now, now Hannah,
1: just so you know, parenting is a bad word. Yes. We're, we're not, we are not parenting experts. We're not, we're, yeah. <laughs> we are efficiency experts. Mm-hmm. We are not parenting We can help you reach your experts. goals,
0: but we, we're not parenting experts. Not only that, Money, Money
1: Pants is not a parenting program. It's not designed to replace parents. It's not. It's supposed to complement whatever it is you're currently doing. It's, it's
0: it's to help you carry out whatever it is you want to do. It's not to tell you what you should be doing or, or yeah, how not, to parent. It's, it's so it's not a parenting we're not, system. We, this is not a parenting system. Do not take parenting advice from us. That's there not are, what we're about. But
1: there are plenty of... Parenting books and parenting blogs and parenting advice well, to no. which we do not and, subscribe.
0: Yeah, yeah, and some we do. Some parenting things we like, and and but that's your own personal choice. But I'm just saying, a random book ended up in my house, and <sighs> when I opened it, some of the some of the little sayings and little snippet. It's a book of snippets of advice of how to be a parent, and so scrolling through it, some of it. Some of it was good where I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's a good point. That's, that's a good thing. But but other things, you have to kind of keep your eyes out and and go, hey, is this actually true? Let's see. Well, okay. Um, so, so
1: for this last little bit, this is the last part of the, the, the podcast here. We're going to break down. We're actually going to use these four principles that we talked about. Looking at the person who's giving the advice and see if they're qualified. Number two take things to a logical extreme, take whatever they're saying to a logical extreme, see if it holds up. Number three, determine if it's even doable if you have more than one or two children. And number four, is it applicable in a practical setting? And so we're going to, we actually have this little book that showed up in our house that was filled with just, I don't know, hundreds of little sayings and things that...
0: A parent should do yeah, or a parent should things know. Things to do and... as a
1: parent and. And so we're going to break these down and we're going to apply these principles that we talked about, these four principles and see how the principles in this book or these sayings hold up.
0: Okay. So well, go, go first ahead. off, first off, we looked up the author and the author does have a, a, a PhD or yep. a, in, a degree in, in
1: marriage, family therapy, whatever it is, MFT, whatever it is.
0: Yeah. And that's all the information we could find. On so we the don't author. know if he has
1: children and if he does have children, whether or not they're, they turned out okay. Like you don't know. Um, now, granted, I'm going to put the plug in here just because a person's—you can't necessarily look at how a person's children turn out to determine whether or not they were a good parent.
0: Yeah, the, so it's a little more complicated. But like, but the I, fact I, that
1: he—but the fact that he—we uh, don't know if he has kids. See, that—that's a big thing. Where if somebody's going to give you advice on how to raise your kids or to run your home, they sure as heck better have had children of their own and yeah. raised them. All the way.
0: I would assume he had kids, but it's not explicit in the book. Well, at the, the any chiropractor
1: point. friend of mine, who wasn't it wasn't even in a relationship, let alone married or had kids. His book was filled with all this relationship advice and life advice and, and parenting what advice should do. I and like,
0: so, so well, that's the neat You would thing assume about, that they had children, but well, at no point in this book does it say. That he does, and but that's so, the
1: neat thing, though, is everyone knows how to raise your kids.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I uh, let's
1: go. Let's do this. Okay. What do you so, got?
0: So uh, one 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 saying was: loving your children doesn't mean that you do everything for them. Let them do for themselves those tasks that they can. Oh, that's fantastic I like that. advice. Yeah. Good. Yeah, that's really great.
1: Well, no, because it, uh, if you take that to the extreme, a logical extreme. Well, don't yeah. do everything, it, okay? It
0: doesn't... It, yeah, don't do everything. Let them do the things that they're able to. Okay, so it passes to. that yeah. test. Yeah, great. And is it
1: doable with more than one or two children? Yep.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And can
1: you apply that in a practical setting? Absolutely. Okay. Great. Um, That, that passes. Good.
0: Here's another one. Remember that with children, when they what they don't talk about with you may be acted out instead. Huh. Okay. I'm not sure. I know what the point of this is that
1: hannah that sounds like gobbledygook to me
0: so i don't talk about murder with my son so he might act it out Well, we better start talking about murder (laughs) (laughs) you know how to to murder like what (laughs) all the ways you can murder because if we don't talk about it he might do it
1: unfortunately that principle or that no not principle that um that that idea has made its way into into schools like oh well, we need to talk about everything nasty and horrible with the children so they don't do it
0: and it's like this is a bunch of nonsense I, actually i think if i there's like, actually
1: talk, a phrase i
0: actually think if i talked about murder and all the ways you can murder someone with my kids it would actually give them ideas
1: knowledge of the <laughs> knowledge of the vice uh, leads to its
0: tempteth to its commission or yeah, something, something like that. that yeah i actually Some butchered think, that but i actually think that's wrong
1: i, I butchered that phrase but that's yeah. the idea is knowledge of something actually leads to its commission
0: yeah. So, so I'm going to I'm going to say that that that's a bunch of gobbledygook right there.
1: Didn't even pass the second test.
0: All right. So let's let's move on. The four Rs of family unity are rules, relationships, rituals, and roots.
1: Brought to you by the letter R.
0: <laughs> I I I don't I don't know.
1: Okay, this is so vague and nonsensical. Like maybe maybe if there was like some exposition or explanation of what um, rules, what relationships, rituals, and roots are. But I'm thinking, okay, well, we have three rules. Mom and I have a relationship. Our ritual is dinner time. And we have three trees in the living room. Is that well, what we're talking uh, about? No,
0: we have parents and traditions and...
1: Root, no, the roots.
0: Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure, but I'm not even sure how to apply that. So, oh, here's, a, here's, a, here's the next one. Rule number 19. Only discouraged children misbehave. So apparently all parents need to know that only discouraged children misbehave. Oh, so the next time If you, I had known that, So the next time your child, you know gets caught with their hand in the cookie jar, you better know that they, they are very discouraged. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably why they're reaching for a cookie. What the heck? <laughs> but
1: but only discouraged children misbehave. discouraged, oh, because um, what and what does that imply, Hannah? It implies that you, the parent, have done a bad job encouraging them, and you need to be more encouraging because it's your fault because that they're misbehaving.
0: Yeah, and it's all it goes back all on to you. Oh, only what a bunch discouraged of, children misbehave. That's hmm. just
1: blatantly false. okay.
0: it <clears throat> doesn't,
1: doesn't doesn't even pass the smell test.
0: okay. here's here's the next one. Self-discipline is the best discipline.
1: Oh, I like that. That sounds good. It sounds,
0: Sel- that sounds yeah. good. Self-discipline, self-discipline is, is the, the best, best discipline. discipline. Okay, wait. Discipline is when you tell somebody, hey, yeah, yeah, there's a consequence for your actions. Right. Okay. So are they saying that you shouldn't discipline? Or wait oh, a minute. Yeah, that- Do toddlers have self-discipline?
1: Forget toddlers. How about six-year-olds, have, six have twelve-year-olds?
0: Self-discipline. Olds? Does this actually apply to to everything?
1: Okay, yeah, it kind of falls apart, doesn't it? it Where it's like yeah, self-discipline. Okay, maybe it is the best discipline, but I think that applies like for adults. Like six-year-olds are not known for their self-discipline.
0: It's kind of a process you develop, and but, that's how you become an adult. But
1: here's the problem, Hannah. It, but can you apply that in a practical setting?
0: Yeah, how are how are you gonna apply that?
1: So we're just are gonna, you gonna
0: stop disciplining and just let your kid do whatever they want and say, Well, it's self discipline.
1: So it doesn't Oops. pass rule number four or, huh. or test number four of
0: yeah, the, the, see how see how that turns out. Uh, you'll you'll get in trouble if you do that, I believe.
1: Four tests. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <sighs> yeah. Well, my kid wants to stay up till four in the morning. I, you know, I'm not going to discipline them. It's it's all up to them. Self discipline.
1: Yeah, sorry. So it, it, that one, that one falls apart. Okay. It sounds and good though, and it I, sounds really. I'm good.
0: actually not sure what what that means or if that's what they were going for. Well, that's what we're
1: talking about when we talk about ear tickling, where it's like, oh, that sounds that good. sounds good. And initially, like, ooh, I like that. And maybe
0: it just needed more explanation of what they meant by this and where it's going, but that's all I've got. That's all the book says. Yeah, that's it. But but instead of putting that on my back of, oh, this is something I got to remember, I, I'm going to go ahead and discard it because yep, don't need it. I don't know how to apply that or what that even means. All right, next one. Uh, next one, even if they fail, I encourage children to try new things. Even if they fail to do something to their own or others' expectations, their efforts can be praised as well as their willingness to try.
1: We actually believe that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That,
0: that's good. Um, so if well, if no, your no, kid okay. fails, Is, did, did... you can still praise their effort that they tried something and yeah. yeah well, let's say okay, I, so
1: I'm... logical extreme. Let's do let's do the test number two. Take this to a logical extreme. If they come home with all no no, no they come last in the race. There you go their last place but they ran their heart out to the very end can you can you compliment them yeah yeah you can actually be very proud of them can you can you be the what if they come in first place can you still can you still extol their effort yeah absolutely so as long as they're trying and they did their best there's it doesn't matter what place they come in.
0: Yeah, their willingness to try so and their okay. effort. You can all So also, and is okay. it is
1: this is that okay so test number 3 is that doable with more than one or two children? Yeah. And can you apply it in a practical setting? Yeah. Okay, so that one that one passes. That one's a good one.
0: Okay. And I'm not going to go through the whole book, but here's here's the next one. Here's the next piece of advice. If you cannot explain a decision to your child, rethink the decision.
1: What? sorry what what (laughs) if you cannot explain a decision to your child rethink the decision Get, put, uh, well, on your car, okay. put on your car put seat. Put on
0: your car seat. Okay, so there was this guy <laughs> you're, you're named you're Newton, up. and uh, <laughs> he... explained to explain to you the... The, 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 what, the first law of thermodynamics? No, no, what is it? No, 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 no. Newton's what is a, law of
1: motion. Like motion.
0: <laughs> okay, so, so little Johnny, <laughs> an object that's in motion stays in motion unless it's acted on by another force.
1: But we also need to explain inertia.
0: Yes, so you've got to wear and, and, that seatbelt and mass. I'm like, what the heck?
1: Two-year-old's like, huh? Well, you know what? I, I can't explain it to my two-year-old, so, so maybe I need to
0: rethink this. I whole, need to rethink
1: the whole seatbelt thing. He shouldn't have to wear it.
0: I can't explain it to him. Okay, so, that
1: so that one doesn't pa- <laughs> that one doesn't pass.
0: Hey, and maybe that's not what the author meant, but, but, that's but the problem. what do they mean? Well, no, no, okay, like, here's the deal. Okay.
1: But in order for it to be a correct principle, it has to stand on its own. And that does well, not
0: how many times has it happened where with our teenagers, we have said, you know what? One time I distinctly my daughter was gonna get a job somewhere, and I said to her, I said you know what, I don't have a good reason for this, but I just have a very uneasy feeling. Really proud of her for applying for the job, getting the job and getting the job offer. And I said to her, I said, I am so proud of you for getting this job. And that's what we were working for. I've been driving you around to different places to you know, turn in your applications. And you finally got this job offer and it's great. We know other kids who work here. And I have a bad feeling about it. I can't shake it. I can't explain it. Other than every time I think about it, I feel sick to my stomach. And I'd like you to turn down this job. And I don't know why. But for some reason, I feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and I can't explain it. I would still want her to turn down that job. Because I've learned that when I get that uncomfortable feeling, that I better listen. Because it, 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 for me, that's God telling me there's something wrong here. You don't know about it, but but there's something not right. And trust me, and Just trust trust me. me yep. you need to listen to it. And at sometimes I need my kids to trust me, even if I don't have a, a, a fabulous explanation for it. So I'm going to have to say, if you can't explain a decision to your child, rethink the decision. I'm going to disagree with that because of experiences that I've had mm-hmm. where... I haven't been able to explain. Um, Actually, one time that happened to me when I was a teenager. I was planning on going and visiting my cousins in California. I lived in Florida, and I was looking forward to it. They had invited me. And when I asked my mom to buy the plane tickets, which she had said she would the year before, Mm -hmm. she said, I don't feel comfortable. I don't know why. And I harassed my mom, I pouted, I tried manipulating her, and she says, I am so sorry, but I just feel sick about you going there. And and so finally, I, I decided I would respect my mom and accept her decision, and later that summer, a horrible, very traumatic crisis happened in my cousin's home that summer. They lost their mom. It was the uh, very summer
1: you were going to yeah, be there.
0: Yeah, yeah. She she was having mental health issues, and it was a it was a really bad, very stressful, very traumatic situation. Nobody had expected, and all of it happened right when I would have been mm. visiting visiting them and staying at their house, and so so take that lesson of from my mom of hey you you you're not always gonna be able to explain your decisions. Now, now,
1: on the flip side, if you can it's best but this this is not a universal truth. You can't take this this doesn't pass the the test of whether or not you can take it to a logical extreme. The the idea is if you can't explain a decision to your child, rethink the decision, that's not always true. As you said Hannah, your your mom couldn't explain a decision but it was the right one how and as parents a lot of times we just we have to go with our guts and we don't know why we get a weird vibe or whatever and we just have to go with it and we can't always explain our decisions
0: yeah and i've i've learned when you get that 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 uncomfortable feeling in your gut you as a parent you need to listen to it yeah if you're like, hmm. And every you know time what? we I, don't, I, we regret I, it. Yeah, every single time I have not listened to that, I have regretted it. Anyway, but that's, like I said, it's this little book. And there <sighs> were some true things in it. And then there were some untrue things in it. But you can kind of use the four principles that we told you about to kind of filter through some of those things. So as a parent, you're not loading on, either false information or to, yeah, you're not making up, you're not making your space. job harder. And so one of the things about money pants is we try our goal is to make things as practical as possible, as, as applicable as possible, and we try to draw on both our successes and our failures and just share with you why we've come to the conclusion we've mm-hmm. we've come to. But you don't want to let fluffy parenting advice interfere with with your success as a parent, or your success in using money pants, and so because sometimes these fluffy parenting advice things directly contradict with
1: correct principles.
0: Correct principles, like you should never—I've heard people say—you should never have your child work. That's wrong.
1: You should never pay your children. You should
0: never pay your children. That's wrong.
1: You shouldn't dictate their bedtime. Like
0: yeah, ugh. yeah, and and so so. Some of those those fluffy parenting things will get in the way of implementing money pants. And so what we're saying is, hey, you can kind of cut through the fluff and make things easier on yourself by just kind of using these for... Four little techniques to filter. Four, four
1: tests. I'm going to call them tests.
0: Yeah, and go four just, just repeat for, them one for, more time.
1: Four tests for detecting nonsense. Number one, look at the person who's giving the advice and find out if they're even qualified.
0: Yeah, and if they've had any experience. Yeah. and experience. If they've tested out their own theories.
1: And experience is king. Experience yeah, got Trump's got to PhDs. To test, you
0: have to do the experiment. You have to test out your theories.
1: Number two, take things to a logical extreme. Number three... Test whether or not this saying or idea is doable with more than one or two children, more than one or two personalities, more than just one gender. <laughs> and then number four, can ask yourself, can you apply this idea in a practical setting? If not, it's probably just not something that's of value. And if, if whatever it is, if whatever saying or idea doesn't pass those four tests, you can safely go, you know what? I don't need that. It's unnecessary. And you can move on because there are so many other correct principles that you don't need to, to take up room in your brain with these nonsense ideas and, this, and these bologna sandwiches. When there are so many correct principles waiting to take up that space instead, so that's kind of it. Those are those are all of our thoughts on how to how to detect nonsense and how to apply practical help versus falling victim to fluffy advice. <laughs> If you like what you hear in this podcast, please tell your friends. They may want to listen too. And if you have a suggestion for a future podcast, go to our website under support and click contact us. Send us an email and we'll get right on it. And that's it for today. Enjoy, once again, our mystery guest composition. We'll see you next time.
0: Powers. Ooh, I have With superpowers. Money pay. How do I do that? Cash.
1: Ooh, I like cash.
0: Money.
1: Oh, even better.
0: Tell me more. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about now. Talk about cash. what? Cash. Cash. Money. money. I like money. It's time for. Yeah, I'm so excited. Money, hey, money oh, pants. Yeah, money, money yeah. money, money, hey, give me some money pants. Yeah, I money pants. I want a man. money pants every day. I want more money pants. Me too. Money pants. Hey, give me some money pants. Yeah. Money pants. Money pants. Money pants. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do.